Today's Bible reading is from the books of Genesis and Ephesians. Genesis chapter 1, verses 26 to 28. Then God said, Let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish and the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. Genesis 2.15 The Lord God took the man and put him in the Garden of Eden to work it and take care of it. Ephesians chapter 2, verses 8 to 10. For it is by grace you have been saved, through faith, and this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. For we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Maria. Hello, yep, it's a bit loud. Um, yeah. We have a guest speaker with Alistair Chu. If I can ask Alistair to come. Alistair is a friend um, who has been working in Hong Kong for a while. And he's a part-time pastor with the New City Church. He's been, our, um, uh, he's been part of Empower Asia, a mission partner that we support uh, through Mike um, and Andy as well. And now he just started to work um, for City to City, uh, South, uh, Southeast Asia. Yeah, and, and particularly in this area of workplace, to encourage people to carry uh, a workplace, uh, 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 encourage the churches to talk about and, 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 and think about how to equip people uh, for the workplace. Um, so could we give him a, a, a round of applause as he comes? Alistair, thanks. Thank you, thank you, Hiwi, for the warm welcome, and uh, thank you for all of you. Um, it's great to be able to come to visit you here again at uh, Charlton Anglican Church. I think I last came to visit maybe eight years ago, uh, which when you weren't here, but in the other school, uh, for those of you who remember that. So it's a, a privilege to be able to come and, and see you. So uh, as Hiwi said, my name is Alistair. Uh, you can probably hear from my accent that uh, I come from Australia. And uh, I grew up in Australia. My parents grew up in Hong Kong, but they moved to Australia. And so uh, I grew up there and was, went to school, university, work, and also did my training in ministry there as well. So I, became, I got ordained into the Anglican Church in Sydney, where I served there for a number of years before coming to Hong Kong. So I've been in Hong Kong for about 10 years now, working in churches, NGOs, and also the education sector uh, here. Uh, and then one of the things that I'm doing now is, or, or what I've been doing, spending my time doing over the last four or five years is actually uh, running workshops, talks, discussion groups with workers, uh, workers in Hong Kong. And so one of the questions I often ask people is, um, you know, uh, what, what first comes to your mind when you think uh, about work uh, here in Hong Kong? 
Um, and when I asked this in a, in a church recently, um, the first thing that somebody yelled at was um, overtime. Um, and then other people said stress and uh, uh, just kind of hard work. Um, that's the impression that people have of work here and um, a competitive kind of environment that people work in. As we mentioned, uh, we often think about work and our work life and our church life kind of in, in separate categories. We are one way when we go to church and another way when we go to work. And so there's this disconnect that we often see between work life and church life. But um, that's not the way that the Bible teaches about work. And so what you see on the screen uh, in front of you is... I've left the, the clicker behind... It's in, the, uh, it's in one of my jacket pockets. <laughs> Thanks. Might be in, yeah, that one. That. Um, so the, the screen from before, which was the uh, pictures that, that was on the screen, was a picture of creation. Thank you. Creation, fall, redemption, and restoration. And so what this is, is um, it's kind of, a, in picture form, a... Uh, a simple diagram of the narrative of the Bible. That is the um, biblical theological narrative that we see. And to understand a topic like work, we actually need to see it through the lens of the whole Bible, of the lens of creation, of the fall, of the redemption that we have in Jesus and the restoration that is to come. And we also need to think about what that means for us in what we're doing today in our time, in our life, in our work here on this earth. So one way I can illustrate the uh, divide between people's thinking in uh, work and faith is a story that uh, I heard from a friend of mine. When I visited his church, um, I was standing next to him and explaining that you know, I help people to connect uh, faith and work and uh, I asked him what he did and if he had a story about that. So he shared that he used to work for a small firm um, and the uh, CEO or the owner of the company uh, employed him and a number of, he was there with a number of other senior managers. And the practice of this particular CEO would be to call the senior managers into his room and regularly yell and abuse them. Um, and uh, you know, that was his kind of way of, of motivating the people to, to work harder. But the thing was, my friend told me, was that this CEO was a Christian, or was supposed to be a Christian. Um, and uh, sometimes um, he would be able to invite his CEO to church with him. And so one day the CEO came with him to church and had been coming along to church for, for some time. And he felt struck uh, by the message of the church that day, and he wanted to repent of the way that he'd been, he'd been behaving at work. And so uh, he turned to my friend, and he said to, he apologized. He actually apologized for the way that he'd been carrying on and uh, yelling and, uh, and abusing people at work. And so my friend took this opportunity to ask him, so why is it that you, you would behave in this way? Um, what drives you to, to act like this? And he told a story of how he used to be in the army when he was growing up, uh, or in his early 20s. And in the army, the sergeants and the, 
Uh, the people there would bark orders and yell and abuse their uh, subordinates in order to motivate them and get them to work harder. And he said that's what worked. And so that's what he carried into his workplace as well. Um, the story doesn't end that well because uh, eventually he, he went back to his old ways. Uh, and my friend ended up leaving that company um, along with many of the other managers as well. But I tell the story because it's, a, it's an illustration of the way in which we can be formed by the culture in which we live in when it comes to the way our practices in the workplace rather than being formed by the Word of God or by uh, what we hear on a Sunday. And that what we hear on a Sunday doesn't necessarily translate into uh, changed lives and redeemed lives, renewed lives in the workplace. So that's why I've entitled this talk, Work Renewed, and why we'll be going, we're going to go through, we're going to do a, a crash course of uh, biblical theology of creation for redemption and restoration, uh, looking at the lens of work. So when you first think of work uh, in the Bible, um, maybe you think of uh, that, that passage in Ecclesiastes, which talks about kind of work being vanity, or maybe you think of um, a passage in, in the New Testament, not many people would think all the way back to Genesis chapter 1, which is where we started uh, today. And in this passage, uh, we see these words. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every living creature that moves on the ground. And that's uh, Genesis 1, 28. These are the first words that God speaks to humanity um, and the first instructions that are given to them. And you can see that these instructions, uh, these words that God speaks to them, um, are about work. They're, these are the tasks, uh, the job description that God gives to the man and the woman uh, to rule over uh, and to fill the earth, to subdue it. And later on, when in Genesis chapter 2, when God takes the man and puts him in the garden, we see that he puts him in for a particular purpose. And his purpose is to work the ground and to take care of it. Now, this is in the context of actually God himself being a worker. We see in Genesis chapter 1 that God has shaped the world uh, and that we are the work of God's hands, His handiwork, as we'll read later on in Ephesians chapter 2. And when God looks at the world, He stops and He pauses and He says, It is good. It is good. It is good. And then on the sixth day, He says, It is very good, um, after which He rests. And these are all... Uh, things which will inform the way that we will work as well. Think about how wonderful the world was for God to, set, to stop and say that it is very good. I mean, God's dwelling place is in the heavenly realms. And for Him to praise the world in this way, it must have been astonishing in its beauty. And we can catch glimpses of this today in our world too. If we go to a place where we see gigantic snow-capped mountains 
um, or thundering waterfalls, when we see corals under the sea um, that are teeming with fish and creatures, or we see a starry sky and a night far away from city lights. When we see these things, it takes our breath away. This is the product of God's work. And no less breathtaking are we humans with the complexity and the dexterity of the human body and the human mind. Uh, we might see that and wonder when we see a new birth, uh, a baby that is born. And also we see the creativity that God has endowed upon his people. God has made us in his image to, to be creative like he is creative, to work with our hands to make stuff like he did. So in creation then, we see first of all that God is a worker that he works in the act of making creation. And then secondly, we see that God makes us also to be workers, to be fashioned like him. One definition of work uh, is that work takes the raw material of creation and fashions it into something that is useful for others. Um, of course, th that description applies very much to God himself as well taking the raw material and fashioning it in a way that makes it fit for humans and animals and plants and birds to live. But we do that too. Um, it's most, obvious seen, most obviously seen uh, in uh, the act of farming, when we take seeds and plant them and watch them grow and into fruit trees. But we might also see it if we take data and organize it into a spreadsheet so that it's useful for people to read and to analyze and to understand and learn something about the world in which they live. When we invest in a startup and watch a business grow uh, and bless others by what they do, or we invest in people and see them grow and develop. These words that we see here, increase, fill, subdue, rule, be fruitful, to work and take care of it. These are working words. And what we, what we learn from this is that work is embedded into our very purpose at the beginning of creation. So these are some words in which I, I, I use to describe um, God's design for our work. Um, blessing, worship, flourish, purpose. And then there's another word as well, Sabbath, uh, which describes the way in which we are to work, or actually describes the limits of work that God himself places uh, on his creation. Work is a gift that is given to us by God before the fall. Um, we read uh, back in verse 28 that God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful, and, and so on. So, oops. So part of the blessing of God is this, the blessing of giving us work. Um, and we see here that work is in the creation, in Genesis chapter 1 and 2, not after the fall, but before it. And so what that means is that uh, work is not some kind of evil, um, that we might think it is, but actually it is something that is given to us and is good for um, this world. And it's, it's part of the blessing 
of God. So that blessing of God is therefore meant to be good for humans as well as good for the creation. Um, and so it results in the flourishing of creation. Um, he already mentioned um, this word about this word avodah, uh, which is the word that's used for worship, and it's also used for work. Um, and it has this kind of meaning of serving. We serve the work, the, the world, or perhaps other people um, when we work in uh, God's way. And we also serve God as we worship Him. And so, uh, as, part of, uh, as part of working in God's world, we reflect His glory as we work. And that's because God has given us, uh, when we're working, we're made in God's image uh, to do so. And so we're reflecting the way that God works. Or if we're working in such a way as to reflect the way that God works, then we bring glory to Him as well. And finally, uh, purpose. This is something that we're meant to be doing. Um, we see that when we see kind of the tragic case of uh, a long-term unemployment uh, for people um, when they are without work um, or those who fall into homelessness and so on and feel like their lives lack meaning and purpose. We're built to have a purpose, to be given a task to do, um, and that is built in, stitched in to the very fabric of who we are and of creation. And of course, uh, we also see that God sets healthy limits on work. Uh, that is the Sabbath rest. We didn't read that passage out, but in Genesis chapter 2, verses 1 to 3, uh, we read that God rested from all of his labor, um, all of his work, and he blessed that seventh day. And then we will also see in uh, the book of Exodus that because God rested and declared the day to be holy, so the Israelites, coming out of Egypt, a place where they had no rest, they were slaves, they didn't have a day off, uh, a day of rest, but instead, as they, were to, they moved into the promised land, they were to establish a new rhythm of work and rest, a new order that followed the pattern that God had set, not the pattern that Pharaoh had set. So this is work as we see it in the created order, um, work that is good, work that is, is good for humans, the planet, uh, for animals, um, and, uh, and our neighbors. But that's not necessarily how we see work today. And that's because of what we see in the fall. In fallen creation, uh, we know that sin entered the world because of uh, the, the sin of, of uh, the first humans. And we see that the blessing of work was turned into a curse. Um, not that work itself is cursed, but the ground was cursed. And so work becomes toil and difficult because the ground itself rebels and works against the efforts of uh, the humans who have to till it and uh, create um, uh, and use it to create food. We see that instead of the flourishing of creation and of humans, we see conflict and exploitation. Um, we, we see that humans exploit other, other humans. Um, and we see conflict, of course, expanding already in Genesis 3 and 4 with the story of Cain and Abel uh, and so on. The purpose of God, of God 
um, within us becomes frustrated as well. And so we experience frustration and toil and work, as, as I already mentioned. And the book of Ecclesiastes captures that so well. The frustration that we experience when work doesn't go the way that we expected, or the outcome doesn't, um, we don't get the outcome that we want. And we go from worshiping God in our work and through our work to worshiping of ourselves, which is idolatry. And of course, instead of respecting the limits of work, the Sabbath rest which God has given to us, uh, we fall into workaholism, which is another form of idolatry, uh, and slavery, which still exists uh, around the world today. So, through the lens of creation and fall, then, we get a picture, a complex picture of what work is like in the world today. It is both good and bad. Um, it is still the way in which God uses human work and endeavor to bless the world, to feed us, uh, to give us the things that we need to live in life. But at the same time, it is tainted by sin. Um, and we see exploitation and greed. Um, we see bullying and abuse in the workplace. What about today uh, and the way that we think about um, ourselves as Christians in the workplace? Well, after creation of fall comes redemption. Um, and this redemption comes through Jesus Christ. Because it is by grace that we have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Uh, Ephesians 2 talks about how we have been saved uh, through Christ out of sin. Um, that we used to walk in those ways of darkness. Um, in uh, Ephesians chapter 2, verses 1 and 2, it talks about the ways in which we used to walk. But instead we've been saved from that for a different path that we now walk, a different way. And in verse 10, um, Paul goes on to tell us what we have been saved for. For we are God's handiwork. The ESV reads workmanship. Uh, again, created by the, the hands of God. Created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So when we think about work today, uh, in this, uh, this age we stand, which is after the creation, after the fall, but after the redemption that has been won in Jesus Christ, which is aiming to reverse all of the, the curse that we have received from the fall, we see that we are God's handiwork, that we are created anew. We're created twice, uh, once in as a part of the created order in Genesis, along with the rest of the world, but created again, anew, in Christ. And we are created to be saved from sin in order to do good works, which God has prepared for us. So, my summary here of, uh, of where we've come is that we are saved from sin, for good works. And that human work remains the main way that God provides for humanity's needs. That godly work that we do 
is the kind of work that blesses others, um, which maintains that blessing uh, or fulfills that blessing that God gave to us uh, at the beginning of creation. And finally, redeemed working lives are a witness to the transformational power of the gospel. So let me tell you a story about how this could work. Um, Somebody I know, uh, so I, I run these kind of community learning groups, let's call them, uh, or groups who are learning in community about uh, how to connect their faith with their work in the world. And last year, uh, we had a number of different people uh, who joined this group. And one of them uh, was in a firm, and she witnessed, or when she was, uh, I guess, a junior in that firm, she witnessed a lot of bullying um, and a lot of pressure that was placed upon junior lawyers. And she's still, you know, not a senior lawyer, but she's no longer a junior. And so there's some other juniors that have joined the firm um, in her firm. So she decided to mentor them and to look after them uh, and to protect them in a way as well, to make sure that they knew what they had to do um, and to make sure also that if people wanted to, uh, to, to, give, to pile more work on them, that they would come and see her first. Um, so that she could make sure she could manage their workload better. She's also part of a Christian group that meets at the firm, uh, and uh, she's taking it over and uh, helps to look after it. And so she, so she also, when she invited these two, uh, these two juniors to come in, they also joined the Christian group uh, at the firm because they saw the way that she looked after them and cared for them uh, in a way that uh, other people had not experienced uh, in their industry. Uh, I was able to visit their group um, a few weeks ago, uh, and the two are still there. Um, they, they're not yet believers, but they're happy to join in and uh, hear about the gospel and the way it transforms our work and our workplaces. Um, so we, can continue to pray, we continue to pray for them uh, that they would uh, one day accept Jesus as their Lord and Savior as well. Redeemed working lives are witness to the transformational power of the gospel. Jesus says that um, we are the light of the world and that when other people see our good deeds, then they will praise our Father in heaven. Um, that, that we are to let our light shine forth. And so it's important to remember um, that Although it says here uh, we are created in Christ Jesus to do good works, it is not the good works which saves us. It is the gift of God um, that saves us, not by works, so that we don't boast in the things that we do or how great we are uh, at, at our work. Um, or the, Even, even we, we point to what God has done within us, but it, we do so in order to point to God and to point others to God. And so the good works that we do are a result of the salvation that we have received. And that is the way that we should be treating, uh, be acting at work, uh, treating others well, uh, looking after those around us uh, to do these good works that God has prepared for us to do. I want to leave you with this quote. Um, which comes from John Stott. I hope that you can read it there. 
but if not, I'll read it for you. If we are Christians, we must spend our lives in the service of God and others. The only difference between us lies in the nature of service of the service we are called to render. Some are indeed called to be missionaries, evangelists, or pastors, and others to the great professions of law, education, medicine, and the social sciences. But others are called to commerce, to industry and farming, to accountancy and banking, to local government and parliament, and to the mass media, to homemaking and family building. He goes on. In all these spheres, and many others besides, it is possible for Christians to interpret their life's work Christianly and to see it neither as a necessary evil, necessary that is for survival, nor even as a useful place in which to evangelize or make money for evangelism, but as their Christian vocation, as the way Christ has called them to spend their lives in his service. Further, a part of their calling will be to seek to maintain Christ's standards of justice, righteousness, honesty, human dignity, and compassion in a society that no longer accepts them. Now, if you're familiar with the writings of John Stott, you would know that what he, he saw evangelism as the primary task that Christians ought to be engaged in. But, he, but that did not mean that work and the workplace should become an instrument or should be instrumentalized to just being a useful place to evangelize. Instead, work is our vocation, our calling, a worthy endeavor for Christians to serve God and neighbor in. Some people treat work as a necessary evil. And for others, it's just a place to earn a living. But what if instead, Christians saw work as a way in which we worship God and bring glory to Him by doing something useful and creative with our hands? Work becomes a place in which we can love our neighbor. And we would be able to show the world the difference between exploiting others and serving others at work that would begin to change the perception of Christians uh, at work. Yesterday, I held a discussion uh, and workshop for lawyers thinking about how the Christian faith impacted their profession. And one thing that one guy said really impacted me. He said that in our working culture, our lawyer working culture, we are afraid of failure and showing weakness. But I've learned to show vulnerability and to share how Christ accepts me despite my weakness. And that is a very countercultural message that I show others. He then said, if I talk about myself and what I do, or uh, how, how my faith helps me to be a better worker, then people will see Christians as self-righteous and hypocritical. But instead, if I talk about my brokenness and my need for Christ, then... I'm talking not about myself, but about Jesus, and I'm pointing to him. So the very last, uh, it's not there, but the very last verse that I wanted to, uh, to leave you with was from Colossians, which talks about how we are to work, not for human masters, but as working for the Lord. Since we know that we will receive an inheritance from the Lord as a reward. It is the Lord Christ that we are serving when we work. Oh, there it is. Thank you.